Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it in for two seconds. Unbelievable. And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, how we doing? Uh, we are live post another just beyond frustrating Big 12 loss for the, the Kansas Jayhawks. We are now four and three. In conference play, which is new territory for us, AB, I think you were just saying before we hopped on, when has that ever happened? Yeah, the 2021 team and the weird COVID year started three and four. Uh, but <laughs> if we don't want to count that, we don't have to. But yeah, this is uh, just the second Bill Self KU team to have three conference losses in their first seven conference games. Yeah. Um, obviously, the last two, the UCF, West Virginia, those are bad losses. Um Today, in a weird way, like obviously it's frustrating. You're mad you lose the game, but it's it's a different type of uh, it's a different type of mad because what we saw today was just a stupid, truly like statistically rare basketball game by Iowa State. I mean, a bad three point shooting team not only just makes threes, but they make more threes than they made in three seasons. They make uh, how many threes did they have? 14. They, had four, they go 14 of 30 from three. They're a 26% shooting team coming into the day. Uh, I don't know if that was Big 12 player the whole season. Um, let's see. I just saw another one. So Iowa State made threes in their Big 12 games this year. Seven, seven, four, three, 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 14. That's just not normal. I mean, that's just something that doesn't happen very often. And it sucks because it felt like we already had this game against West Virginia. They had a they had their best shooting night of the year and will be their best shooting performance of the entire season. Um, and Iowa State just had what may be their best shooting performance over the next two seasons. So it's like it's brutal. And AB, I saw you kind of going at it with some people on Twitter that a lot of times it's easy to say, well, we're not guarding anyone from three. And yes, Bill Self does live by the idea of like, I'm going to let teams beat us with three. But like, I think you tweeted it best. Letting of what did that, what was the King guy shooting from three point range? 18%. On the, letting an 18% shooter shoot threes is not a bad strategy. No. And like, I went back and looked at his like career stats. He's he's been bad for five years at shooting the three. Like it's not just he's had an off year. I know there was a game recently. I forgot who we were even playing. I think it was at Allen, and this dude just kept hitting threes, and was, he was shooting like twenty percent on the year from three. No, it was UCF. It was uh, yeah, whoever the dude that yeah, yeah the Jalen dude, and he hit like four in the first half, and everyone's like, oh well, this. But like in years past, he had shot 45 percent from three. He was just kind of clearly cold coming into it. And then went nuts. This guy just flat out sucks at shooting until today. And he's Steph Curry. Yeah. And he even like he made the threes, which is one thing. He late in the game, he hits a turnaround jumper. Like if you were watching college basketball the first time tonight, you'd go away being like, that guy's the best player in the country. Or like that guy's a first round NBA pick. Like he was phenomenal. And 
there's plenty to be upset about with the way our team played. McCuller had the worst game of his career or worst game of his season. Uh, we didn't execute incredibly well late in the game, passed up. I don't know. Just you didn't play good the final minute and a half when you really needed to, when you felt like you battled back and had a shot. But I wanted to start by just getting all that out there because while I am annoyed we're four and three, I'm far more annoyed that Iowa State just played the way they played. So, B turn all, I'll give you some time to give your thoughts because I've been rambling here, but go ahead. No, yeah, you're good. It is, and I, I hear from people on Twitter about the open threes, and I get that, but it felt like there was a ton that were guarded late in the shot clock just hoisting them. I mean, we get it to two points late, and Gilbert hits the three. He's 25% from three this year. One second on the shot clock, he had to get a shot up. Um, with Trey King, like, you guys have watched college basketball. There's plenty of guys every game on around the country where – teams leave guys wide open purposely on the perimeter because they're daring you to shoot it. Trey King's a guy that shoots like one, three a game. AB just said it. I think he was at Eastern Kentucky before he's been in college for five years. He's a lifetime 25% three point shooter. He hit more threes today than Iowa state is hitting games against big 12 teams. He hit more threes today than he had hit all season long. So it felt, it felt fluky. Um, but you got to give credit to them. Like they, they made the shots. A lot of them were open. Really thought we had a chance to win it late. Down two, just had to get one stop. Um, who knows if we would have got the offensive board, but really felt like our offense started clicking late. Um, some yeah. elite passing around the perimeter, got Hunter really good looks. Uh, but I think we talked about it. I think they're in the first half when Iowa State really struggled to score. I think KU could have really extended their lead that they had early. There was a seven-minute stretch where I think they had two points, and I don't think they made a shot from the floor. So it felt like KU should have been up at half, and they ended up down four. So obviously you got the flagrant foul on Parker. Bill got teed up purposely, so they were down at half. But it felt like they just that little stretch in the first half really hurt. And then, yeah, they just couldn't get stops late or enough stops. They couldn't bunched together enough stops and it was a bunch of late threes desperation threes that they made and it's just frustrating because yeah four and three in the league but if you win at least one of those games against um, West Virginia or UCF and you lose in Ames obviously you want to win but you'd be five and two in the league and that would that would sound great to me but you can't you can't lose both of those games UCF and West Vaughn yeah yeah and yeah I mean and today was one we talked about last week it's like go win this one and you make up for one of those two. But that's why it's even more frustrating. I felt like we did everything the way we wanted to do it for the most part. Like we were getting looks. We were forcing them, a bad shooting team to take. I know people are frustrated with their open shots, but like we were still, you can live with Iowa State beating you that way a lot of times. Like I would bet Bill Self is not that upset about this game. It just sucks that it comes after you lose to UCF. It comes after you lose to West Virginia. It felt like such a desperate moment for this team to then have Iowa state just rain threes down on you. Like they did is, is brutal, but also on the other side of that, it's not all because Iowa state played that good. We didn't make shots. We executed our offense at times, but I mean, I don't know what McCuller finished from the field but it was not good and one of them was a fluky buzzer beater at the end that yeah, is going to make it threes probably in the last two minutes at one point he was 
what three for 16 or yeah he finished five of 18 that, a guy that so. five of 18 yeah so he was three for 16 he hit two threes late a guy that averages 20 a night i i was tweeting i want him to stay aggressive and because you can't really rely on anyone else on kansas to score besides hunter kj was mm-hmm. scoreless in the first half he made some free throws late but and then furphy he's a stud we'll have to talk about him but yeah i i don't know kev i don't think kev will have another night like that he kind of looked fatigued and maybe hurt a little bit i don't know but I don't well, that's see what bill was because he struggled against like cincinnati that. too uh from the field i know he put up points but i think he was uh what was he five of I think he was 5 of 17 against Cincinnati. So back-to-back games, he's gone 10 of 35, I think, combined the last two games. Yeah, B-Turn, you might want to talk a little louder. People are saying you're a little quiet. But uh, Damn it. It, it sucks because that's just like these are the exact games you need your star, your All-American to be really good in. And it's like McCuller has won us multiple games this year. So it's not like you can – be too upset with the guy and like B turn said he plays every second it feels like so he is gonna get tired um but just not the game you wanted him to have you can live with it being Cincinnati you can live with it even being this upcoming game with Oklahoma State coming to town but you can't have him disappear not disappear just clank everything he shot in that type of game now mm. I will remind everyone the team last year around this same stretch was in the middle of a three game losing streak and went on to beat Kentucky on the road. Like if you, maybe I guess that would kind of be this upcoming game. It was probably a late January game at Kentucky. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is what we've seen many times. I would say this. Do you think that we saw, I'm just kind of looking at the box score here and Hunter Dickinson goes for 20 and 15. Dewan Harris scores nine and has seven assists. Kevin McCuller has 16, seven, and three. Johnny Furphy has 15 and six. And KJ Adams has 13, five, and three. Like, to me, that is the type of box score this team has to have to be good in March. And so, like, is that one positive we could be taking away is that maybe Furphy breaking out is going to start to – to help some other guys. I don't know. It just it looks good when you look down at our box score. Well, yeah, I, I said last week, and I don't know if I sound louder now. I'm trying to talk louder, but you sound good. better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Turn the old headphones off. But I was saying last week, and we were at the game, but I feel really good about our starting five right now. I think the spacing looks better. The ball movement looks better. It's going to make it easier on Dewan because now he's not really, there's no pressure on him to score. I think we got four guys outside of him that can score. Furphy, Kev, Hunter, KJ's not going to hit jumpers and stuff, but he's going to be able to finish, catch lobs. Um, So I feel good about our starting five. I know we're not going to get much bench production, and I'm just trying to be positive here, but you think about a 2012 team who, yes, they they had two All-Americans, but that team was not deep at all, and Bill's rotations aren't very – like he, he plays six, seven guys. I know we can't trust anyone off the bench. Which holy shit, we got to get into that stretch from El Marco when he checks in. Oh, that pissed me it's, off. It's just never good when you've got guys on your bench where it's like they check in and you're like, 
something bad's about to happen. Yeah, it's like, just yeah. like when you start saying, just give us literally 90 seconds of competitive basketball, that's when you know it's pretty bad. And that's what I was saying as he started trying to block the passing lane and just gets absolutely cooked and doubles down with a bad foul. Like, foul. like don't even foul we, We've been talking about him. Like, offensively, he's been pretty much a zero, especially the last few weeks since the Wichita State game. How can you justify giving him minutes – if defensively he's going to fall asleep like that, like he came, that was literally the first second he was on the court for an hour or so when he came in with what, five minutes, six minutes left in the game. Yeah. Rice can't fall asleep like, that. The, like it's, it's just right. Texted the group and said, Bill hasn't made a sub this half. I look at the scores table and you see El Marco Jackson <laughs> sitting there and I'm like, Oh God. But someone, I was like, someone needs a breather. First possession gets beat by 10 feet back door. And then, yeah, the foul, he missed the free throw, but the foul was obviously pointless. Like, just let him make the layup at that point. But, yeah, you can't exp- – and that's why I asked last week to you guys, and I was going to I was gonna tweet it today. Like, who would you rather play b- between Timberlake and El Marco right now? Like, I know Timberlake and Bill are kind of beefing, and but neither play defense. And I know Timberlake doesn't knock, knock down jumpers, but at least he's kind of a threat to score. Like – he can people are gonna guard him from the outside and I mean I, he doesn't score uh, much, but it is tough because like that's when B turn or when A B was talking about how you just need 90 like you, we don't need a lot from these guys. So it's like it's so aggravating that of the two, one of which was a like truly is he like the leading scorer in Townsend history or like a like truly a historic player from where he came from. Awesome score, awesome player. We knew it would be adjustment, but not this much of adjustment. Then you've got another guy, five-star, that you thought would be a first-round pick. We're not asking for like nobodies to come in and give us two minutes of good play. We're asking for highly recruited guys that the top teams in the country also wanted to come play for them. And so I don't know what the answer is. I'm leaning towards Timberlake right now, but he's also seems to be the... He's almost in like this weird mode of not caring. Like the three on one to not pass on the three on one early. Insane. It's a simple drop off to Kevin McCuller, who, by the way, is going to convert that or get fouled and make both free throws. That's crazy. Then he takes an ill-advised shot from the corner. And I truly think at that point, Bill was done with him. Had we not been in foul trouble. Um, But I I feel like, like when he comes in, he feels like he needs to, kind of prove himself or knock down a jumper and kind of get out of his slump. Like when he catches it from the perimeter, it's going up most of the time. But yeah, that, that three on one dude, Jay Wright lost his mind. Yeah. And Jay, I think Jay Wright, I, I, I love, I love listening to Jay Wright on the game, by the way, because you know, he sees the game and like thinks the game probably similar to Bill. So it's kind of a good way to know when, if Jay Wright's calling it out, you know, Bill's steaming mm-hmm. on the sidelines about it. How much uh, more do we, do we hate Jay Wright if we lose in 22? I know we kind of comfortably won that game in the Final Four, but if he beat us again in 22, every time I heard his voice on CBS, I would just freak yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, think we about – Yeah, we it, it ended perfectly because I've always had this debate with some of my other friends that they, like – they hate Jay Wright. They think he's the fakest, scummiest dude ever. And I've always been like, I kind of like the guy. I think he I seems like, like a good dude. And they're like, no, he's a used car salesman. You're falling for it. And I still like Jay Wright. 
And but I don't know how I would have handled them beating us in 2022. Um, yeah. Can but I, um, can I talk about Dewan for a second? Yeah. I feel like it's gotten a little out of control from the fans, and I know he hasn't been as good as we'd hope he'd be this year. Especially, he's been under Bill's system for a while. You would expect him to be more aggressive as a scorer. Um, you'd expect just his game to improve overall and work on some things offensively. But I think AB said it last week. Like he's become such a scapegoat for when we lose. Like we lose today, and it's immediately Dewan talk in my replies on Twitter. Like, what does he do? Like he's killing us. Like. What did Dewan really do to hurt us today, boys? Like, I don't know if you guys have an answer for that. And you guys can you guys can totally correct me or whatever you want to do. But I thought he was vintage old Dewan today, making shit happen on the offensive end. He hit a clutch three where he kind of had to chuck it up. He was getting guys involved, a bunch of deflections that led to runouts. I thought Dewan was pretty solid today. It just it feels like he's become kind of the scapegoat anytime we lose because he's not a scoring point guard. And there's been times obviously this year where he's turned the ball over. Yeah. Yeah. There was like one play. And I think Ryan, you may have texted it in the group where he gave up a layup to kick out for a three. If that's his only mistake of the game to give up a layup when you're down by five with 30 seconds to go. Fine with me. He had two turnovers against the team that forces the most turnovers in the country this year. Mm -hmm. Like, Dewan was fine. Dewan, he, I would almost say he was maybe our best player out there today. In fact, I would say like that's the Dewan we've wanted to see. Like yeah. I, like you said it, I tweeted it. It was we got Dewan vintage moments. Like I said last episode, we haven't had those moments where Dewan makes some incredible hustle players, some incredible tapped defensive steal that leads to a layup. You saw him do that for the Furphy dunk in transition. You saw him deflect a couple balls. He was making layups. He was, it was like, that's the Dewan we want to see. Like, and there may be different expectations out there, but if Dewan Harris can average 10 and seven, nine and seven, this team is fine. This team is very fine. The I'm sorry. Is, I'm, I'm getting triggered by the comments in here right now. Like I can't, I yeah, can't I mean, really see them and I don't, cause I'm on my phone. I usually do it on the laptop so I can't see. Um, there Someone said, if, if you're supposed to be a good player, then you deserve to get criticized after a loss, essentially, which is fine. The problem is, why is Dewan the first name out of your mouth? He's not the only good player on the team. <laughs> I bet have he's you not, seen, though. <laughs> have you seen Hunter Dickinson force up some crazy-ass shots? Have you seen Kevin McCuller go 3 of 18 from the field? Like, we can talk about, if you want to stick by that motto and say, if you're supposed to be a good player, you get criticized when you play bad and lose. Dewan didn't play bad today. And I thought mm-hmm. of one other mistake he made. I will. I will say this. At the end of the first half, we've already talked about the stretch where you're trying to go two for one. He definitely tried to force, turned it over. That was bad. It was bad. There's no defending that. But even with that, if that's like he didn't make enough mistakes for the loss to be on him. So I don't want to see that. I don't want to see people saying that because it's there, <laughs> that's the typical you know, response after a loss. He was fine. He was not the reason we lost. Yeah, and I – I 100% that it's just become a thing where Dewan has now been around so long and we've we've seen the moments where Dewan makes the big plays late in the game and now we just are like we expect it. And yes, does it drive me insane that our point guard doesn't seem to be comfortable enough to go up and just make a wide open layup late in the game? Like I but also if Hunter Dickinson makes that three, we're applauding 
Dewan for not settling for a two down five. Um, and if Dewan misses it, he gets crucified. So well, like he yeah. can't win. Yeah, and he and I will say he did miss a pretty easy floater in the lane Ooh, in the final minutes hurt. too. So like that is fair. Dewan did not execute in the final two minutes, which I think is why people are so frustrated because he has always done so well at executing in the final two minutes, and he just hasn't done that here in the last few weeks. But like AB said, Dewan Harris from tip to the finish of this game was the most consistent player Kansas had on the floor. He was fine. Uh, it was just really, it was Kevin McCuller not showing up or not making shots today. And it was, again, our bench just giving us absolutely yeah, nothing. Like all season. I want to throw this one up too. I just looked this up. Iowa State's point guard. Uh, guess the last points he scored in this game. Just throw a number out there. Since we're and talking that, about since we're talking about point guards not scoring in the last X amount of minutes of a game, tell me when Lipsy scored his last bucket of the game. I'd love to know. Because I just looked it up. 17 minutes and three seconds left in the game. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't good either. Um I'm just I'm I'm starting to get triggered and take it out on comments right now. I don't mean I'm not trying to be an <laughs> asshole. I'm just I'm really like it frustrates me when the blame is directed to people that don't deserve it at all. And that's part of sports, I understand. But none of us think DeWan's the best player on this team. Mm. None of us do. It's almost like the Chiefs when, like, Mahomes was struggling earlier this year. People refused to say that he was bad. Like, there were times where he was bad. And it's like, okay, sure. That, but, like, I don't know. It's, I, it's, I'm rambling yeah. right now. It I is. That's why it's, it's a weird spot. That's why the Kevin thing, I totally get not criticizing him. Like, I'm not even upset whatsoever with him. Mm. Like, he's going to have bad nights, but he's been so consistent. He's averaging 20 a night that it's impossible to criticize him. Like, if he, if he was having a bad season, he would get crucified today on social media. But he's going to have tough nights. Um, and I can't, like I said, I can't get mad at him. KJ scoreless in the first half. Hunter was, I think, one for 25 in the first half. <laughs> So I don't know. I get it though. I uh, do. You guys want to hear something disgusting though? Well, it was 26, 25, 40 seconds left in the first half. Mm-hmm. We end the half 30 down we give up five points in those final 40 seconds. We lost the basketball game by four points. I mean, yeah. if the you want to get real like number, like that's stupid. So many other variables go into play, but like, that is why you can't have those stretches where instead of getting your own two for one, it turns into a five point swing, like it, or really a seven point swing. We and that's a rare. Yeah, they missed two free throws. It should have been seven points. So that is brutal to think that this was a four point game, but also Kevin McCuller made it a four point game by. That, uh, that's why I'm not going to melt down too much about the results of the game. We did better than what all projections said based on the final score. Obviously, it was a game we wish we would have won. We probably could have won and maybe should have won. But that's why I'm not melting down, melting down. Vegas had us losing this game by five, lost by four. Like, it is it's part of it. You're not going to win every game. I think where the anger is going to come out is the four and three record and the fact that we lost two bullshit games to one team that's certainly not making the tournament and another team that's bubble at best. I don't know where UCF stands right now in bracketology. I don't think they're a lock or probably anywhere close to a lock to get in the tournament. See, that's, that's, that's where the frustration is going to come off. This loss, we could have predicted this loss before the season started 
when we thought we were going to be by far and away the best team in the country. Like you lose yeah, in exactly. Hillary. It just yeah, happened. it just you that's needed just... to win this one because of the past loss. Right. And I think yeah. that's why I'm pissed off. I think that's why a lot of other people are pissed off. Um because yeah, you know, I've seen people say like expectations of a blue blood program. You got to win games. Of course you do. But there's no shame in losing to a top 25 team on the road that apparently steals signs, which we can use that excuse if we want to. Can I, I <laughs> can I share a tweet real quick? Mm. So AP top 10 teams coming into the day are mm-hmm. 17 for 20, 17 and 27 this season on the road against unranked call it against unranked opponents. So that's 38% winning percentage. If you compare that to 20 last year, it was they were winning 60% of those games. The year before that, they were winning 61% of those games. The year before that, they were winning 59% of those games. The year before that, they were winning 66. And the year before that, they were winning 73. So, like all across the board, college basketball teams, good top 10 teams are just not winning road games. So I don't know what that says. I don't know if that's just kind of a fluky thing and that number will start to flip. But either way, it's not just us not winning road games. It's the entire landscape of college basketball, which I know doesn't help us, but it still is showing that like it's hard to win these games, and especially winning at Hilton, especially when they have their best shooting game in three seasons. So like I am not mad at this KU team today. I'm just yeah. more mad that we put ourselves Previous, in the yeah. situation where we had to win this game. That's why I think we all knew we would lose a stinker on the road, and that's just college basketball. Like, I think, or at least me, I had a feeling either the Oklahoma State game or the West Virginia game would be tight. Maybe we could lose. We obviously pumped Okie State, and um, we ended up losing at Morgantown, which I get. But I'm just sitting here thinking, like, if we're 5-2 and two and we lose this game, like, we have Oklahoma State at home Tuesday. I'm not just going to say we're going to win, but, A.B., we're going to win. Six I'm, and two I'm, in the, I'm not six and, I'm done with the pod if we lose the game, that game six and two in this monster of a league would feel elite like yeah you lose in Morgantown we've lost there so many times and that was a close tight game where it came down to getting an offensive rebound or not and yeah that it just makes this loss hurt worse when it shouldn't because we didn't play that bad they hit a bunch of crazy jumpers um, we had a couple cold stretches offensively but God, it didn't – I don't think we played bad today. It's it's just frustrating. Like, every time we would inch close in the second half, they would nail a couple threes. They legit started six of six or, like, seven of seven from three. In the second yeah. half, Ryan just listed three to four games where they hit half that amount in full games. They don't yeah. shoot threes. They don't make threes. They don't have really anyone that shoots a good percentage from three. Like, I get it. I don't even know – our our, our – are our stats defensively, A.B., that bad against the three? Like, I don't sit there and pay attention to stats against the three, but that's all my replies are on Twitter is that we can't guard the three. Bill Self can never guard the three. Bill Self's teams don't play defense, which is not true whatsoever. Yeah. It's pretty average on Ken Palm. Uh, they're 163rd uh, defending the three. But like, I think it's just that's about average, and teams are not shooting average against us. It's just I don't know. But this this isn't a new thing. This has been happening for years. It's guys that yeah, guys that don't make jumpers just have historic performances against us. It's literally insane. It yeah, and can we talk about because I want to I want to talk about the upcoming stretch a little bit. But I 
I don't know about you guys, but probably the thing that got me the biggest reaction out of me today, like in my living room that caused me to like yell and act like a toddler was late in the game. We are full court pressing. We force what could have been a travel. I don't know. Was that a travel? It was close. They don't call it. We then guard for the next 30 seconds fit pretty dang well. They run zero offense. They don't even get the ball passed really inside the three-point arc. And then they just settle for a pull-up three in Furphy's face, which, yeah, I think Furphy in that situation probably should have been a little more aggressive on the contest. But that, to me, was the most frustrating and just summed up that game perfectly. Like, we played good. We did everything we wanted to do that possession. And at the end of the day, it's a guy just wetting a three right in your face and daggering the game. The announcing crew was all saying at the same time, like, what are they doing? They're going to be stagnant. They're starting their offense with seven seconds. And then, yeah, I mean, definition of a dagger. Um, I've got a fun little little fact. This has nothing to do with today's game. But I was curious because I just went to Ken Palm to look. Ken Palm has us as a six-point underdog at home against Houston on Saturday. I don't think that's going to be the line, but I do think it's fair to say we're probably going to be dogs. Guess how many times we've been an underdog since Bill Self took over at home? I would bet less than three. Turner? <laughs> I mean, I don't I, have, I don't have the think, specific I games, think, but I have like... I would bet like the Chalmers freshman year team against I'll like OU. Three. Uh, two since 2004, according to <laughs> teamrankings.com, we are one and one against the spread as a home underdog. What was the spread today? Four and a half. Yeah. yeah. Great teams cover. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what that line is on Saturday because yeah, Houston, they're flat out. They are better than us right now. I am terrified of what our offense is going to look like against their defense. Uh, but if they are anything more than like three point favorites, you, it, it seems like a financial, uh, a must to, to bet on the Hawks just out of, again, principle, not because I think this team is uh, for sure going to win that game, but that would just be crazy. It'll what be did very... that final end up being today. 74, 52 or something. 72, 54 or something like that. Awful. I, I, so I've been sitting here chuckling because I just saw a tweet. I don't, I don't know if it's recent. <laughs> Every time you chuckle, I always wonder if it's like I, something I'm I say or in our No, comments. I'm sorry, but have you guys seen the video? I don't know if this is recent. I don't know if this was from K State game, but it's an Iowa State security guard break dancing on the dance floor. And I don't know, it's probably a skit, but I can't stop laughing picturing that fan base like hurling things at the k-state bench even though i don't even know if that was ever found to be true or like filming the k-state huddle meanwhile the security guard is break dancing in the middle of the floor i just find that to be the most hilarious thing uh so i gotta find out more about this break dancing how, cop how triggered do you think anti-court storming people were today oh i've already no. seen the tweets people are very triggered i mean was i was shocked Four and a half point favorites. You're ranked. Don't have fun. We would yeah, never yeah. storm the court at Lawrence. Okay, so let's wrap this up with I want to talk about this next. Gosh, I mean, <laughs> one, two, three, four. I guess six game is it's probably best to break out the season in the six game stretches. I don't know the rest of the way. Dill no. thought we could go 13 and five in the league. Hey, 
<laughs> Dude, I I'm said not... we'd I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be brought up some point. I said we were gonna go twenty nine and two this year, so hey, we could win out. God. What would you be happy with the rest of the Big Twelve season loss wise? Because we got eleven left and mm-hmm. at least four of those are against Baylor Houston. You're in Bramlage. You got BYU. At OU at, at Tech. At, oh, oh my oh. Speaking of the Texas Tech Red Raiders have won in Norman and are now alone in first place at five and six and one in the conference. Five and one. They didn't play this week. So let me tell you something. If if this game, if this season's gonna follow the script of a Bill Self basketball season, here's what's about to happen. The mm-hmm. Hawks are gonna beat Oklahoma State. The Hawks are gonna win at home against Houston. The Hawks are gonna go into Manhattan and beat K-State. I think that. I feel, I just feel like we should do that. It, we we win there. <laughs> we should, but we, I mean. But so imagine that. Imagine we win the next three games, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're seven and three. You have Baylor coming to Allen Fieldhouse. Following that, you then beat Baylor at home, which we almost always do. Now you're eight and three, and then I think we get to the what will be the biggest stretch of the entire season is you go to Texas Tech and you go to Oklahoma. If you win one of those two, eight and four with a fairly favorable four game stretch coming up after that, like that to me, these neck, if you can win, beat Houston at home and win at K State, which is easier. I mean, it's not very easy because we may be dogs and we'll be dogs at home against Houston. I don't know. I think we'll be favored at K State. Yeah. But, but like that's the thing, the season can flip. If you go and win that game against Houston and you win in K State, like what are the percentages we finish with six Big Twelve losses? Oh uh, man, if I they think... finish twelve and six in this league, that would be like. I mean, what's more yeah, likely? I, I think I think that's six? my prediction: twelve and six. Honestly, just going through what Ryan just said. I'm looking at the wrong. Yeah, because because I feel like I know Texas Tech looks pretty good, but like, are we really? We're not convinced. Bill Self by February 12th and February 17th can have these boys playing good enough to win at Texas Tech and at OU. I think they can. Um, now, I think you probably lose at Baylor. You probably lose at Houston. So the tricky part is the two of the last three are just, I mean, games that you have to consider to be losses. So. You have to be really good until you have to be at like four losses when you get to those final three, right? Because you can't be at six and then lose two of the last three and then finish with eight, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, so it, it feels like the stretch has to start now and we've got to be really good over the next 27 days. Bold prediction by me to say that we need to be really good in February. I know I'm giving mm-hmm. riveting analysis here. They will be. They'll figure it out. Who AV? Who is that in the comments? That's that Austin Christensen. Christensen. Oh my god, he's the goat. <laughs> I want my sponges back. Did you guys see a uh, fever pitch get a shout out yesterday on Twitter? No. So that tweet was going viral that said, like, when men say they're busy, what exactly do they mean? And it was a screenshot of Jimmy Fallon looking after uh, Lindsay asked him to go to Paris with him. And he said, Seattle's in town. We're two back with three weeks to go. 
Kurt's on the mound Friday, Schilling's on Saturday, or Pedro's on Saturday. Kurt and then Schilling? Yeah, both of them. Bloody sock, baby. Superpowers. Back-to-back starts like it's back in the day. I will recommend this. I will recommend this, especially if the Chiefs happen to lose tomorrow. I want everyone watching this to tune in to Fever Pitch tomorrow and just remind yourself why you love sports. Just remind yourself. Because honestly, that movie, when he's sitting there and he just got broken up with, his life's falling apart, and he's sitting there, and someone's asking, why do you do this? Why do we still do this? And he says, because the Red Sox are here for you. Name anyone else in your life that'll make it up if, you know, whether it's 12.05 or 7.05, if the game gets rained out, they'll make it up to you. Like, just, they're always there. They're always going to be here. If if things start to crumble this weekend or any time in your life, just watch Fever Pitch. I promise you, I know people say it's a corny movie. It's a good fucking movie. Wow. Bill Buckner? The GOAT. But that, I mean, it's very true That's because think dancing. about think about how annoyed we are. Imagine the feeling we're gonna have when we win at K State after beating Houston the week before, mm-hmm. the days before. Like that's what makes this all worth it. And it happens more for Kansas basketball than it does any other program in the country. We will mm-hmm. win a road game where Bill Self fist pumps hard, and we are so excited. Perspective. Yes. Wow. I just. Therapeutic, boys. Therapeutic. Now let's go get a win on the football field tomorrow. Yeah. I'm in D.C. right now. Still don't have tickets for the game tomorrow. They are still 700 for nosebleeds. But I'm in D.C. And I get to watch a former 2020 national champion play basketball tonight. And Devon Dodson. Oh. People forget. National champ. National champ. 100%. For the Washington Mm -hmm. Go-Go's. (laughs) <laughs> the G League team. Hell yeah. About to get 30. Mm. Chief All right. Lee, Rest in peace, B turn. And backs. It would be a tough scene. Do we have any thoughts on it? I think it's insane that Patrick Levon Mahomes the second is getting four points on the road. I mean what if I told you you can get Mahomes as an underdog and Bill Self as an underdog at Allen Fieldhouse in a six day stretch? <laughs> Take both. Lives, lives, lives could change for people if they really wanted to just go based on history. I have to admit, the turn man just absolutely nuked Kansas plus five and a half at halftime. That hey. at the buzzer. Oh God. Oh. I mean, I almost texted you guys because I was so pissed about it. I was like, you guys got the pod today. Kev hits it, and I'm all the way back in, even though we lost, and I feel like a dick. But, my God, that was a big one. One of those 18 shots. He made it. I'm pretty sure sure I told him to F off after making the three because I was so annoyed that he finally was hitting shots in the final minute of the game. But uh, happy for you, B-turn. I wonder what the – I'm trying to think what the score – we talked about the Dewan floater. I know we're about to wrap this up, but that floater he missed – I'm trying to think what the score was and how much time was left because that really was a big possession. And that was where Hunter, like right when he shot the floater, Hunter jumped to grab it. Like, and you heard Rafter say, Hunter mistimed his jump there. That he would have got it and had an easy stick back. But Mm. I'm trying, I wish I could remember. I'm sure I can go find it, but that was a huge possession. And I think he hit the backboard on the floater. But was it when we went down after they hit the three to go up five? Is that what it was? I Probably. Know. But I, I remember that. He what, doesn't, Dickinson doesn't quite have the uh, Andrew Wiggins head. double jump. 
what was going through your guy's head when um, the shot clock was melting down one second left and he fired that three? I was yelling. I literally, you can ask Hannah, I said, this will be the most brutal made three of the whole day or like of the whole year because it was like we did everything we wanted to do. And I, it was a classic situation of being oh. like, no, no, no. And I just took a pillow and I launched it. I was so annoyed. So I just, annoyed. I just started laughing when he when he put it up because it was a decent shot. Like it wasn't wide open, but it wasn't like he was harassed. I just threw my hand up. I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. It was just frustrating that they drew us back in just to, you know, not give us any chance to actually tie the game late. Yeah. And then I saw it, someone in the comments ask, um, I, I, it was like 30 minutes ago or 20 minutes ago, but they asked, can this team still get a two seed in the March or in the tournament? Or they said, is it even possible? Yes. Oh, Yeah. Because it's the Big 12 and we are going to have, and I know quad one wins didn't matter last year, but old Chris Reynolds might change his mind this year. And we are going to have, as long as we don't just keep, I mean, we have to start winning some basketball games, but we will, (laughs) we will. And by the end of the season, every team that's in the top three of the Big 12, their resumes are going to be insane. Um, So my thing is we keep saying we're going to win these games and, but there's, I feel like there's going to be another stinker, too, that we lose because we talk about sleepwalking and how many times they've done that this year. Like, I I know we don't lose at Allen much, but I could see us losing a random-ass game at Allen, especially when you have Baylor and Houston there, BYU there. Like, I, we yeah. keep saying we're going to end up winning these games and we could still go, like, 12-6, and 11-7, and seven, but we could also lose a game that we shouldn't. Like, there is zero fucking reason we should have lost both of those games to UCF and West Virginia. Like, there's no way, dude. UCF stinks out loud. West Virginia's even worse. Like, there's just no way. West Virginia game, can't lie, I didn't even watch much of that game. But It was a tough one. It's got to be. I mean, I watched the second half, but that, that one had to have been fluky, too. But okay, I just I want you to remember everyone listening to this last year, January 23rd, we had just wrapped up our third straight conference loss, one of which was a 23 point home loss to TCU. Following that game, we won at Kentucky. We beat a top 10 team K-State at home. And then we ended up losing again February 4th to Iowa State. But then we win one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games to clinch the big 12 title including a top five win over texas a or maybe they weren't top five at the time but a ranked win over texas at oklahoma at oklahoma state a top 10 win over baylor at tcu west virginia texas tech so like i know i'm not guaranteeing it because we've seen the teams like the Diedrich team they just kept tumbling and getting worse we've seen the marcus garrett 2021 team they continued to get kind of they never really figured it out but this team, if they are as good and have the potentials we think they do, now is the stretch where you're going to see them win some games and turn this season around. And if they don't, like if they lose to Houston and lose to K State, obviously it's all over. Like you can finish the expect, you can finish the expectations and just hope that they can maybe have a fluky Elite Eight run in the tournament. But beat Houston, even if they lose at K State or lose to Houston and then beat one of the two, I don't think they're quite dead. They're mostly dead, but not quite. When you say dead, what do you mean by that? Uh, like Big Twelve titles way dead, okay. and and like one seed, two seeds kind of dead, 
And you just, I, when I say dead at the end of the day, it's when I just don't think this team could really, it would take like a crazy lucky draw in the NCAA tournament, a crazy hot shooting performance or something to make a tournament run is when I consider us dead. Has that ever happened for us? I think we I, do. I considered us dead in 2022. When we got blown out by Kentucky, I, I was like, this, oh team, my God. this team does not have it. This team just doesn't have they're it. And the next thing you know, third. they yeah. get Providence in the Sweet 16. It was a four seed somehow, but like 50th in Ken Palm. And then you get a 10 seed in the Elite Eight. And then you yeah. get a banged up two <laughs> seed and then an eight seed in the championship game. So things can happen. And someone commented this earlier. And I don't know if it's a great example because I don't know. I don't remember the injuries they could have had if they had any at all. UConn lost five of six last year in January and six mm-hmm. of eight. And, and then, then they the just absolutely in, in the steamrolled through March. Yeah. I don't, um, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not the best evaluator of talent and I don't have the best memory of teams other than the teams I care about. I don't remember, you know, who was out and how talented that UConn team was last year. But this team that KU has is pretty damn talented too. And it's not like they can't just get hot and go crazy for a three-week stretch at the end of February, early March, and end of March. Like, they certainly mm-hmm. possible. So I don't want to give up on it completely. Yeah. Uh, but there are there are times, and it's hard to, like, not acknowledge that it just doesn't look like a very good basketball team. It's not a very also, fun basketball team to watch. Also, looking at Ken Palm last night, just looking at all the teams. Did Arizona lose last night, by the way? They played mm-hmm. last night? Or a few nights ago, yeah, to Oregon State, yeah, yeah Arizona's weird. So I'm because lo- people are high on them. I'm looking at Ken Palm, and I was going to ask you guys, like, if you were to pick one team, I guess it probably would be Purdue, but who is like far and away the best team in the country right now? I think Purdue would be the answer. I think if I were like really betting money on a team to win it all, I might put Houston there. Like I was going to say, we like yeah. I don't know if I can go against houston with this i mean they just they blow teams out they had their tough stretch on the road but the two teams they lost to on the road tcu almost beat us and allen and iowa state we just lost there too so like i i think houston could be damn good but at the end of the day they're gonna have to prove it because i'm never gonna pick it until they show it yeah um and then we got to talk about one guy that i think we've only said his name once on this episode but johnny furphy he is he's pure that, I mean, that is – if you're sitting there melting down about this season, which is fine if you are, but, like, just don't forget there's a young Australian boy that fell into Australian. our in, – in our hands in August that is peaking at the exact right time. Hope, well, we need him to do it for about two more months. But <laughs> still. I've, I've, I've got one other comment once we're done with Earth Dog. Oh. <laughs> uh. But yeah, I mean that's the one thing that like imagine if El Marco Jackson was still our starting two guard. Imagine how we would feel about this season. Like it's crazy. We wanted Furphy yeah. or him to be good, and now they are, or now Furphy is, and we're still losing, which is pretty devastating. But we're like, losing more flip. than we were. It's gonna flip. Um, here here's why I'm confident too. Obviously, Dickinson's not a fifty percent three point shooter, but he's better than four of sixteen in conference play. Yeah, and we knew he was going to have a little bit of like a, you know. And that opens a lot up. Now, I will say with Dickinson, obviously he's awesome. He puts up great numbers. He does. He's sometimes the only reason our offense can score. Sometimes he takes some shots that make me want to send him to fucking Jupiter. 
I mean, he's also it, seven foot two and can't block block a shot. Which and it, the, the other thing that bothers me, it's not that he can't even block a shot. He just doesn't even help. There was that one where it was either I think it was Furphy that got beat on the baseline uh, late in the game and the wide open layup. Dickinson mm-hmm. was right there standing in the paint. Like step over, you're tall. Just put a hand up. Like may, at least make it tough. If he foul yeah. him, you foul him. But like. This is an interesting comment. I just realized I'm logged in. I can pen comments, too. Um, This is an interesting comment because Furphy has been really, really good offensively. But is he worse than Omarco defensively? And is that having some sort? I don't think. I think a lot of it is just like today. You could have had Michael Jordan and his defensive player of the year award seasons on the court today. And Iowa State would have made 14 threes. But like. Is that uh, a shot of Jordan? <laughs> no, that's actually a compliment. Uh, Just joking. Uh, so I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. I don't think that's. I don't think he's that bad to see our defense regress the way it has these last few weeks. I think a lot of it's just statistical. I mean, he does. West Virginia and Iowa State will not have better shooting nights than they each just had. Like that's a it, tough stretch to have that two weeks. It's crazy to say because of how much we or I personally talk about Ken Palm and. Uh, how much we were convinced that this offense was truly in trouble and the defense was amazing. On Ken Palm right now, our offense ranks better than our defense does. I don't like this angle, B-turn. I not love one, it. Not one bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. What, was it? what else I can say? <laughs> I don't like this, B-turn. <laughs> but, A-B, are we – I think we're all in agreement that – we feel better about the defense taking a big jump at some point than we are the offense, right? Yeah, 100%. I'm yeah, not even so. worried. Like, there's no – Furphy scoring it too well for it to be that big of a gap between him and El Marco, and I don't – Yeah, yeah. Defensively, and, like, we just talked about it. El Marco constantly gets beat back door and gets lost defensively. <laughs> Furphy did it today, too, and there's no way I know how to say his last name for Iowa State, the freshman – from Manovich, Manovich, whatever his yeah. name is. And he, God, because Furphy just hit a corner three and then they come down, Furphy gets lost and he hits a three. It's like, fuck. Every time we inch closer, dude, they hit a three and most of the time it's a wide open look. So, yeah, I get what the fans are saying about the wide open looks because these are D1 power five players. I see but, people say that, though. But, man, I, I watch a lot of college basketball boys. D1 college athletes miss a lot of wide open threes on a consistent basis. So, I don't know. There, oh. It's probably in the middle because at the end of the day, I don't think it's some like spell that whenever we play a team that we could, should beat, that they just go nuts and hit a bunch of threes. Like, I think there probably is a little bit of a strategy behind it. Um, but I yeah. don't know, man. It's it, it happens too often for me to say it's just 100% luck. Yeah, because we we've talked about that. We've done knew this is year five of the pod, fifth season, mm-hmm. sixth season. I mean, we've talked about this, and I of times. I've always been one that thought our fan base was a little annoying when it came to being like, "Oh, here we go, they're making threes. And it was like, "Well, that's part of Bill Self's entire philosophy. It's like, don't give mm-hmm. up easy buckets, let them shoot threes. But I will say, the last, I mean, these last couple of weeks have been crazy. Like they really oh, have. For sure. So I think. I think it's different. If Iowa State makes nine threes today and you're complaining, that's a little different. But for them to make 14 is and, is one where it's just like, yeah, that's what are you going to do? And Bill even knew that, too. They showed, they showed yeah. Bill in the second half. He just turned and laughed. 
Yeah. I wonder how many they made total in the second half. I'm sure someone seven or eight. that. Oh, it has to be. Because they were six for seven at one point. Yeah. I know that and they started six they hit for that six, one at they? the end of the shot clock. Yeah, six for six. And then they Stop. hit Manowich or whatever his name is, hit that one when Furphy got lost. And then the last one they hit with 30 seconds left or whatever it was. Are we making Travis Clement Smith part of the pod? I mean, this guy knows ball. The D, so the D rotates more to prop up. I don't know. I can't picture yeah, that, Burpee but he's probably right. More help because he gets yeah. lost a lot. Which is a problem because we're only switching four now. So then it's like if it, if it's around Dickinson, Dickinson's not going to switch. So if Furphy gets lost and Dickinson's right there, it's probably going to end up to an open shot. Yeah, it does yeah. suck that like you don't have you have a seven footer that doesn't really protect the rim when our guards do get blown by. That does suck. But there's our guy Sully nine for fifteen in the second half. Sully or anyone else in the chat, because it looked like a couple people knew that they'd been underdogs twice at home since Bill Self got here. Does anyone know those games off the top of their head? Texas I, I can't find them. Wow. Our guy Travis, the defensive master, was a freshman during Danny Manning's senior year. What Love a time. To, yeah, what a freshman year to have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I love when we say we're going to wrap up at 35 minutes, and here we are, 52 minutes in, talking. Get used to it, folks. You know, defensive Danny mechanics. Danny Manning. Uh, Number one. All right. So, big stretch. 100% a big stretch coming up. So, we'll see. It. I think the, vibe, the best part about being a Kansas fan and really just a college basketball fan as a whole is that the season can flip so fast. Like you just went rattle three games off in a row here and we're going to forget how this even felt. So it's what we need to have. But if we lose two of the next three, we'll see you. I'm triggered that we're four and three. Like I would have been locked into this game today, no matter what, because it's Ames and they drive us crazy. I know we're trying to wrap this up, but I wouldn't have been as invested as I was if we were like, so what we were four and two. If we were like five and one in the league, yeah, yeah, it was I, like we said earlier. We could even have been melting down. You can afford to lose this game when the schedule comes out at the beginning of the season, but you can't when you lose. I mean, if you're going to sleepwalk against UCF and West Virginia, well, then you got to win this game. But sucks. <sighs> we'll see. Chiefs. We'll see. Yeah, go Chiefs. Um, Subscribe. Go, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. We all we're really good at marketing and never ask people to do that. So <laughs> really good. Uh, we always wait till the final minute too when people have probably already got off. But yes, please go subscribe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll probably be back. Uh, when do we play Oklahoma State? Is that a Tuesday? Tuesday. 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 There it is. Good. Home dogs to Baylor in 2021. Yep. Uh, did we win that game? That was the weird market. Oh, yeah, we like smoked, we didn't we? Blew the doors off of them. Scott Drew. I mean, mm, that's an interesting development. I got to look at the score of this one. It I think we won close. by thir- I think we won by thirteen. I want to say like eighty three sixty nine. Well, I was going to give you a lot of credit until you you didn't come close to the score prediction. Oh. <laughs> they did win by thirteen seventy one fifty eight. 
I love that I then said a 14 point deficit, like a 14 point difference. <laughs> Good math. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I think that's time to. Yeah. 83, 69. <laughs> I don't Rock, know why I had that in my head. All right, let's go. I got to go pretend sports don't exist. We'll see you, boys. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week.